Uh, but this is a special season in the life of the church, and, and I want you to be fully engaged. And so if you've got a Bible today, uh, turn to James chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be in James uh, one more week, and then we're going to pause uh, for a few weeks and come back uh, to chapter 5 uh, in a few weeks. But uh, as you're turning there, have you ever pretended to be someone else? Maybe you've played a character for a costume party or you're good at impersonations and so you pretend to be somebody else. Uh, maybe you've imitated or want to imitate a famous person. Uh, or just you make up a persona like Garth Brooks did 20 plus years ago to confuse everybody. Uh, and, and so you, you do that just to keep everybody on their toes. Well, sometimes uh, you and I, whether we would admit it or not, pretend to be God. And you would probably never confess this, but you've been guilty of it, I've been guilty of it, because we try to manipulate a circumstance to benefit ourselves. We try to control the outcome of situations by using our power, our intellect, our, our relational connections, and so we, we do whatever we can to, to make the chess pieces go the way we want. We speak with authority even though we don't have any. And that's the greatest skill in life, by the way. Uh, as we say in our house, fake it till you make it. But if, if you say something with surety and, and authority and, and you have confidence, 90% of the people will believe you. Just take a look online these days. If you just speak with confidence, people think you know what you're talking about. And most of the time we don't. That, that's what James is getting at today. He, he's just called, in the earlier parts of chapter 4, he's called the people of God to repentance. And now he's getting back to very practical kind of Christian living ideas. And it's, a, it's an issue that he's mentioned a number of times already in his book. Uh, because repetition is good for the soul. It's good for learning. When we repeat things over and over again... And some have wondered, well, why do we teach the same things all the time? Well, when you're perfect at those things we've talked about, then we'll move on. That's kind of where James is. When, when you get good at saying nice things and encouraging each other, when you get good at, at watching what you say, then we'll move on to something different. But until then, here we go. So that's James chapter 4, the end. We're going to look at two verses, verse 11 and 12. Here's what he has to say to us. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. We would add sisters these days. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speak e speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And this is, he uses the word judge and law in this a lot. So let's, let's break down what James is trying to get us to understand here. First, he starts with a, a very important theological statement, a word. And that important theological word is brother. He, he spent the last 10 verses calling 
the people that he's writing the letter to, rebellious, sinner, adulterous people, and double-minded. That was last week, and if you want to be encouraged and uplifted and you weren't here, just go watch the video. So he calls them all those things, like nothing that anyone would want to be called. And so he launches this section with a great reminder, and a great reminder to all of us, that we are both saint and sinner. That it, he's writing to people, brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have placed their faith in Jesus. These are followers of Christ that he's writing this letter to, reminding them who they are, but also their high calling. They have a calling to, to live up to the standard of Jesus Christ. But that's whose you are. You belong to Jesus. Don't forget that. As often as you fail, as often as you mess up, as often as you drop the ball, you belong to Jesus. But because you belong to Jesus, you need to live a certain way. You need to speak a certain way. And so he very plainly says, do not speak against one another. This idea of not speaking against one another is the idea of slander. It's harmful speech. It's the idea in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, where the people of Israel gathered together and they spoke against God and they spoke against Moses, their leader. They were so angry, they were so frustrated, they were so tired of all of this. They, they spoke against God, they spoke against Moses. The psalmist says it this way, that you slander someone, you speak against someone when you speak against them in secret, when you whisper behind their back, when you get together with one of your other friends and you talk about the third friend. You slander them in secret. But this speak against one another also means bringing a false accusation, an incorrect accusation against someone in the household of faith. He's not talking about people outside, like you know, the pagans of the world. No, he's talking about how we speak to one another as followers of Jesus Christ. Do not speak against one another. Because when you and I speak against one another, what we do is we put ourselves in the place of a judge. We become a judge. And so we're judging them by our speech as, we, as if we have authority over them. And so when you and I speak against someone who we call brother or sister in Christ, we put ourselves in authority over them, in judgment over them. We make ourselves better than them. And James is helping us see, do not do that. Because in that moment, you break the law of God. And, and this is probably the Old Testament law found in Leviticus 19. And I know everyone's favorite book is Leviticus. You, you've got it memorized, Leviticus 19. But in 19, verse 9, chapter 19, verse 16, it says, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Now, because you've got uh, Leviticus memorized, I know, you know that just two verses later, in Leviticus 18, it says what really the law is, the great command, love your neighbor. So don't go spreading slander among your people, rather... 
Love your neighbor. That's the royal law. That's the law that James was talking about in chapter 2, the royal law, the great law, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. That's part of the greatest law in the world. Not the 613 laws that the, the nation of Israel is trying to follow. No, two very simple commands of God. Love him and love each other. That's the law that we break when we don't, when we speak against one another. That's the, the heart of God, that we would love him and love each other. And so when you and I speak against one another, it's not just a matter of putting ourselves as a judge over them. We actually break the law of God. We, we break the heart of God. There's a great British Preacher Charles Spurgeon, you might have heard of him, he said it this way. He said, none are more unjust in their judgments of others than those who have a high opinion of themselves. That's what happens when we speak against one another. We, we think we're better than others. We're, we're better than you. And the scripture is very plain that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Now, it doesn't say that we should think lowly of ourselves. We should think appropriately about ourselves, which means all of us are on equal footing. We're all equal. Equal as members of the body of Christ. Equal as sinners in the sight of God who have been saved by the grace and the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. And so let's not put ourselves in judgment over others. Let's not think that we ourselves are above the law because that's the second thing that James gets at here. That when you and I act as judge over one another because of the way we speak about each other, it's as if we no longer need to keep the law. That's why he shares the difference between judging and keeping. When you're a judge over the law. You don't need to keep it. You're above the law. I can do what I want because I know better. And we deny. We deny the law of God, which is to love each other, to care for one another, to show grace to each other. We ignore God's word. We ignore his, we ignore his authority because in those moments, we're pretending to be God. I don't know if you've ever said that. Well, if I were God, you fill in the blank. Sometimes that's around election time. You know, like if I were God, I'd get rid of all these people, pick some other ones. Or... These days around college basketball, if I were God, I would have called that, I would have made that referee blind for a nanosecond. You know, those kinds of things, like, but that's, that's what we pretend to be God when we speak against one another. Because as if we know and are perfect and we're pointing out their imperfection, we're playing God. And so when we speak against one another, we deny God's authority in our own life and the life of others. 
we disobey. We disobey God's law, that royal law that James speaks of in chapter two, to love him and love others. It's as if the rules don't apply to us. You ever been in that, like the rules don't apply to you because you know somebody? Or you have a per- certain position? Or, or you think, oh, well, you know. So I, I use this, I've used this card, the rules don't apply to me, a number of times. But usually it's when I want something. So when my stepdad was very ill uh, a number of years ago, right before he passed away, he was in the hospital. And my parents had, my, my mom and my sister had been there. And I came in later because we were, it took us a while to get there. And they said, oh, you can't go in. I said, oh, watch me. Because you know what I pulled? I pulled the clergy card. <laughs> the rules don't apply to me. I'm a man of the cloth. Let me back. And so, uh, back to my opening illustration, or the whole about fake it till you make it. Like, I am a minister, so I'm not faking that part. But I just walked through the emergency room doors all the way to the back and didn't stop. And no one said a word to me. Mostly because I just acted like I needed to be there. But that's it. The rules didn't apply to me. Like, when we lived in Orlando and we had annual passes of Disney, I didn't think the rules applied to me. So before they got all fancy with this whole genie system and all that, they used to have paper fast pass tickets. So you would go and get, you know, punch in a time and you're like, oh, we got to be back between 1.30 and 2.30 with our ticket. Well, when we lived there, who cares? I may not want to ride between 1.30 and 2.30. Maybe I want to ride tomorrow between 1.30 and 2.30. So we would hoard. I hope Disney's not watching. (laughs) We would hoard fast passes and use them later as if the rules didn't apply to us. They didn't to me. And so I just rode rides whenever I wanted. Now you can't do that. They've gotten smart. But do you ever think the rules don't apply to you? That's what James is getting here. When you and I speak against each other, we act as if the rules of relationship do not apply to us. That the law of God somehow is beneath us. And we usurp God's authority. We overthrow God's authority in our life. We now are the authority. And James is giving a strong warning here. That you, want to, you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in the position of thinking that you're the final and best word on all things. I remember when I was preparing to write my dissertation, I met with my advising professor. And he had a, a good-sized desk. It was bigger than this, but just imagine this was it. And as we were talking about what I should write about, he said, David, I want you to understand that the field of preaching is as big as this desk. And what I'd like you to do is to consider taking one speck of wood off of this desk and knowing everything you can about it. One speck in the grand scheme of this entire field. 
And that's what God is saying as a, of us. You, you know a nanospeck of all that I know. And so why do you think you would know the heart of the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, the person at the grocery store who's driving way too fast on the freeway, that classmate who can't seem to do math or science, who never pays attention, that coworker that never has it together, or the one who always has it together, how would you know? Because you don't know the heart of man. You know very little about our world and about people. You see the exterior, but I know the heart, God says. Because he and he alone, James reminds us, is able to save and to destroy. He is the final judge. He is the one who determines ultimate spiritual destiny. He is the one who knows your heart and my heart. And so for me to pretend to act like I know better for you is foolish of me. That, that somehow that I can speak against you, speak false accusations, speak slander to you, speak harmful things, uh, speak against you in a way that doesn't honor you but actually disgraces you, puts me in a position not of authority but it puts me in a position of destruction. Because our calling, our calling as the people of God is not to speak against one another, but to actually encourage one another. Our, it's easy for us. It's easy to find fault. It's, it's easy to find things that go wrong. It's easy to find a way in which people disappoint us. It's easy to find a way to, to point out how someone isn't as good as you or how you don't like the decisions they make, or what they're wearing, or what they said to your best friend, or how they approach that decision at work. It's easy to point out. That, that's the easy thing. The difficult thing to do is to find the good, and the gracious, and the kind, and, and speak that to them. That's the difficult thing. And so I'm challenging you, the book of James is challenging us to not take the easy road, which is to, to speak against one another, to, to speak negativity towards other, but no, love your neighbor. Don't sit in judgment over your neighbor, and that could be the person sitting next to you right now, your actual next door neighbor, that could be your person at work, that could be someone at the grocery store, that could be anyone. But rather than take an opportunity to judge them, love them. Sacrifice for them. Extend them grace. Exalt them. Lift them up. Show them the, the truth of God's forgiveness and grace. Do those things. Love your neighbor. James's book is a, is a call for us to humility. It's a call to humility. And this section in particular is a call to humility. It's a call to love one another. It's a call to acknowledge God's authority. And it's a call to love others and not pretend to be someone who you're not. 
One of my favorite movies, and I've shared this before, is Catch Me If You Can. Uh, uh, it's the story of Frank Abagnale, who pretended to be lots of things, mostly a Pan Am pilot, but also a doctor and a lawyer. He passed the bar exam in Louisiana. Might say something about Louisiana law. <laughs> hey, I, I almost went to LSU, so it's okay. I love Louisiana. If you're from there, God loves you. Uh, but he, he tried to pretend to be someone who he wasn't. And when you and I speak against each other, that's what we do. And the reality is, Frank Abagnale was pretty successful for a while. He was able to forge millions and millions of dollars and live a lavish lifestyle. But eventually he got caught. And he was judged. Let's not be people who are judged. Let's be people who love, who show grace and humility, who honor one another, and speak goodness and grace to each other. That's our calling. Will you pray with me?